0: successful entrepreneurs don't make it to where they are today all by themselves. The goal of this segment is to dig deeper into the tricks and shortcuts that our guest entrepreneurs borrowed or
1: stole to help propel them to their own successes.
0: Join our host, Kent Lloyd, the director of Harmon Brothers University, as he asks his guests what they borrowed, or in some cases stole, to grow their business to success. It's the legal kind of stealing, by the way. Poop to Gold
1: presents a brand new segment, Funny Business, hosted by Kent Lloyd. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Poop to Gold's uh, new segment, Funny Business. Uh, Today, I'm here with Christian Godinho with uh, Created with Love. Christian, how you doing?
2: Pretty good. So uh, just to get a quick introduction for myself, I do pretty much all the marketing for Created with Love. We're still a small team, but we're growing quickly. So I take care of all the targeting, the ad sets, the uh, ads themselves, the description, baby testing, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a pretty cool plate, but we're managing.
1: For those who don't know what Created With Love is, go ahead and explain uh, what the product actually is.
2: Yeah, so I have a couple of boxes with me here, actually. Uh, so what we do here is we do a date night in the box. So every month we make a brand new theme. Uh, it's it out to our subscribers. After our subscribers have gotten it, we can put it up as a one-time on our website. Uh, we like to get a little bit crazy with this, so for example, one of my favorites is our Zombie Apocalypse game. We're gonna get Zoom to recognize it. Uh, so this one, uh, you and your partner are surviving a, a zombie apocalypse. We also have a Yosemite one, so you and your partner like travel, you can say to Yosemite, Uh, Pretty popular now and during COVID because people can't really travel out there. But we make it so every box has four to six games and activities that are focused on your relationship and growing stronger, uh, reconnecting, everything like that. Every month also has like a a focus on it. So it'll be one month could be discovery about your partner. Another one could be conflict resolution. Another one could be like goal setting. Mm. So they're pretty in-depth. Uh, they might look a little bit small when you're holding them, but they actually have a lot more stuff inside than you would actually expect.
1: Interesting. So how did, how did you guys get started with this idea?
2: It's a pretty funny story, actually. We always uh, laugh when we tell it. So I actually wasn't one of the ones that started it. I was just basically like the first one to jump on board and kind of like just uh, join in. Uh, the way that it started was uh, Tyler and his wife are the ones who started it. The, the way they tell it is they were one night, they were just sitting on a couch watching TV like usual. You know, they were both uh, going to college and working full time. They were, they were both pretty exhausted. And then Michelle looks over to him and says, Tyler, how come we're not as romantic as we used to be? Hmm. And the funny part is Tyler always says, like, we were engaged at the time. So I really had to think about my answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's kind of what sparked the conversation of, like, yeah, we're both busy, we're both broke because they're both in college and everything. How do we, you know, keep our relationship healthy? So they got the idea of every single month we are going to put 20 bucks into a big night. So it doesn't sound like much, but it's just, that's like still one of the core uh, concepts of it is you don't have to do too much as long as you spend it together. So whether it was going out for ice cream or going for a hike, which would be, very small percentage of the actual budget yeah uh, it was just the fact that they were focusing on like we have to have to do this every single month they would put it on their calendar and no matter what they would forget everything else and just do it so once they saw how much I improved their relationship they started thinking okay how do we kind of grow this he uh went to he got a box one of those plain brown boxes went to dollar tree just kind of stuffed it with a few things and that was like the prototype then just set up a website and started from there. Then, you know, uh, later than I came around. But that's basically how, how the company actually started.
1: So how did you get involved then?
2: That's another funny story, actually. I was trying to do my business. It was my first business ever, actually. And of course, I went into software, not realizing how expensive it was. So I was like, all right, so I have about $5,000 saved up. That should be enough, right? So I just went into it. Got a got an MVP built, and it turns out it's a lot more expensive than I thought. So I was part of the entrepreneurship group at Fresno State, which is where Tyler also went to. Hmm. So I got an email saying that a local business owner was looking to uh, was looking for some potential interns or potential partners, depending on how they work out together. I saw it, and I was like, "Well, what the hell? You know, what can I really lose? Worst case scenario is I learned a bunch of stuff that I didn't know before." So. I went to it, we got along really well, and started working together. Uh, we worked really well. My strength complements with his strength, his compliments mine. Same thing with skill set. I would do stuff that he didn't know how to do, he would do stuff that I didn't know. So then eventually it was just kind of like, well, do you want to jump on board? And I was like, you let go for it.
1: So I take it you've graduated college since then and whatnot, how long have you been out?
2: Uh, so I've been out for uh, about six years now. Okay. Didn't exactly graduate, but <laughs> You know, uh, it was just like, this was going well, and we were growing a lot, and it was pretty much just like, I can spend all this money continuing college, or I can just focus full time on this. I really just took the leap, and I just kept going with this. And really, you know, a year in, I had learned a lot more than I had learned in my first few years of college, so no regrets here.
1: From the success that you're having now, what do you wish that you could send like a letter back in time and tell yourself from say eight years ago?
2: To be completely honest, what I would tell myself is just go ahead and do it. So one of my biggest uh, obstacles at first was, you know, like if anyone's listening and they're like a first time entrepreneur or business owner, I feel like they're gonna understand this very well. But there's always like that first time that you do something, there's always that fear, Mm. especially with something like a business. It's like, okay, we could lose everything. It could completely, you know, go to the ground it could uh everything could just be set on fire there's that fear so you tend to stay on the safe side i would really just tell myself just go for it because i didn't start learning i didn't start really getting anywhere until i was like you know what here is my money that i had for college here's my business idea that i want to do i pretty much was just like okay i'm gonna just go into it like here's my money if it doesn't work out i can always go back to college but you know I can't go back and make up for missed time where uh, doing stuff that I actually want to do. You know, like if I want to do a business, I can come back in five years, but then where would my business be in five years if I had started now? So really it would just be trying to convince myself like don't worry about the fear. If you fail, who cares? Just try again, whatever. Just do it. And then you know, like once I took the leap, I started learning all bunch of stuff but there, I started meeting a bunch of people. That is what led me to meet. Tyler, all that kind of stuff. So really it's just stop playing it safe and just go for it.
1: In that process of taking that massive leap, what do you feel like were some of the biggest mistakes that you made and what did you learn from them? Um, It's easy to get caught up with the whole like Silicon Valley
2: startup unicorn scene where it's like you feel like you have to go big or go home. Um, So like a lot of people get this, I feel like I felt this pressure of like if I'm not growing super quick. If I'm not doing everything possible to get a bunch of users, I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing enough. So that was one of the mistakes. And it ended up with me just being super stressed out and just like not knowing what's doing. Clearly, because you're always thinking like, how do I get 100,000 users? How do I get all these customers? How do I get funding and all this stuff? Um, so that was something that I spent way too much time on. Knowing that now, I can think a lot more clearly about what to do now in the future. So I can think of, like, you know, where do we want to be in a year or two? How do we get there? It's a lot easier to break stuff down. We're not caught up in the, like, growth, 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 growth stage. Yeah, Zuckerberg was a billionaire. He, when he was younger than I am now, but that's not that's not the norm. It's just, it makes, uh, if you're, like, on media you watching tv you're on uh especially if you're like on entrepreneurship forums and that kind of stuff it's easy to start seeing all the success stories you see these people that are just like hey i started a business last year and i'm gonna hit 30 million in revenue this year like it's that's not the norm and it's easy to get discouraged looking at that stuff so that's one of the biggest things and then another one is also just kind of like looking at what's important like you don't have to focus on everything
0: mm. yeah there's a lot
2: of things to do but you don't have to don't waste too much time like this little tiny aspect isn't perfect like who cares nothing's ever going to be perfect focus on what's going to get you to the next level rather than like my freaking my desk isn't perfect or something stupid like that you know like obviously has a little bit of an exaggeration but there is a lot of things that can very easily take away your um uh, your attention if it's not going to make too much of a difference it just Set it for later, focus on the important things. That's what I have learned to do now instead of just like everything, like nothing, uh, like I would keep going. Like everything has to be perfect before going, going on. Like, yeah. so if it's good enough and it's not that important, just go on to the next thing. One
1: of my, one of my good creator friends here in Utah likes to say, done is better than perfect.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: In your line of work every single month is a completely brand new idea that you're trying to sell these people. And year after year, it's not the same 12 boxes that you're sending out there. So how do you keep all the ideas fresh?
2: What we decided to do is once a year, we will have this big group. And it's a lot easier now that we have more people, you know, before it was just Tyler and me. But we have this meeting and we kind of just throw everything out there. Even if there's something really stupid, we just throw it out there, we write it down. And that kind of just leads to the ideas once you have a, a good amount of people just throwing stuff out there and just right like just throwing whatever comes to your mind it actually isn't that bad i remember like we actually had speaking of silicon valley we actually had a unicorn based theme not actual unicorns like the animal or creature whatever you want to call sure, it. sure sure like there was one where you and your partner would start a company and try to make it a unicorn so that came that actually came from an idea that I had of what if we make like a business theme where like you have these cards and you try to like put uh, a box stand here. You put like a bank here or whatever. and Like depending on how you connect it, it's, uh gives you more money or whatever. Right. Hmm. Turns out it was way too complicated. <laughs> but that's what he, uh, ended up with us making this unicorn theme, which was just fun activities of like making like a Mad Libs kind of game. Hmm. Well, turns out that was your investor pitch. So you would end up pitching like this really ridiculous idea and it was just like fun. So really it's throwing stuff out there and then once we do that, we really just get into the flow. We really haven't run into any uh issues with previous teams. We can come up with new ones relatively easily actually.
1: In business, there's always somebody who seems to be doing better than you. And there's always somebody that you can, there's always something you can learn from them. So my question is uh, I mean, good artists create on their own or they borrow, but great artists steal and then make it their own. Yeah. So what have you guys as a business stolen from somewhere else? And then how have you made that your own?
2: In terms of stealing, let's see. Um, I would have to refer back to the, to our ads. Hmm. Um, so to this day, one of our best performing ads is still the ETA the from the um, Easy SSL course. Mm. Um, So I wouldn't really call it stealing because, you know, it was like a course or whatever. But um, I guess to kind of answer that question is it wasn't original. I didn't come up with it. I didn't come up with the structure or like the general idea of it. I took it from someone else that had already figured that out. Mm. Even though they weren't a direct competitor, it's still, they put in the work, they put in the research. They're the ones that put in all this money into testing, what format works, what CTA works, all that kind of stuff. Then we took it. We made it our own, and we're making all this money. Mm. So, really, for me, being original isn't really too important. If I'm being completely honest, it's more about what works and what doesn't. Because at the end of the day, nothing really is original. Like all these brand new, like this rocket startups, nothing's new. It's it's it, it's existed before, whether as a product or idea or whatever. It's just about how do you make it benefit your business. Because really, at the end of the day, if taking someone else's idea makes you makes you an extra 50% in, in profit, why wouldn't you? Like, if it's just about you want to be original, then go ahead. But the person, your competitor that's stealing it from an existing idea, they're going to beat you. Mm. I'd rather be unoriginal than be bankrupt, so.
1: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think that that speaks to the idea of efficiency. So how how do you guys achieve efficiency within your company?
2: Uh, in terms of like ads or in general, or what do you mean?
1: Uh, in terms of how you run your business, in terms of how you run your ads, any way that you feel like it applies to you, e- even as a person, like coming to the table.
2: For me, one of the biggest things that has helped me with efficiency and keeping everything organized has actually been, uh, once we started growing the team, we switched over from basically just keeping track of our own things when it was just two of us to making like a company, what are, the, what are they called those tools, like Asana and Monday? Um, task management tools. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so everything that we do uh, regularly, so recurring things, like if we have, you know, Monday morning meetings, if we have work for for us that every month we have a new theme, but a lot of things are recurring. So like, this is when we order the stuff, this is when we put it together, this is when we ship it out. We will create a recurring task, and then that way we can see the calendar view, we see everything that's coming up, Uh, something else comes up, we create a new task, we have everything organized. We are transitioning over to becoming a lot more, uh, using online tools a lot more than we were before. Mm. So uh, we're using an asset management tool where we upload our files, uh, brand assets, everything. That way we don't have to ask like, hey, do you have this picture? Do you have um, this video? You can just go on there and find it. It's very segmented down with like themes 2021, January, February, March, that kind of stuff in 2020. So that has helped cut out a lot of back and forth. Um, We have figured out ways of making it more efficient. So instead of having five different tasks or five different parts of one actual task, we'll have one. uh, We have drop down, so it'll be like uh, needs created, needs uh, description, needs review, needs revision, whatever. We just assign it back and forth so it pops up on our individual calendars based on whose turn it is, that kind of stuff. And then for me, it's helped me a lot because if we want to run a new advertisement and we want to do, like, for example, Valentine's Day that we uh, are going into now, I'll make it like, okay, I need this kind of video with this wording. I'll assign it to our creative director and they get back to me with, uh, with the asset. I'll either approve it or, re- or request revisions, all that kind of stuff. And then throughout the whole process, I never had to actually talk to her. It's mm. very streamlined, so I can just assign it to her basically forget about it. I can go back to other tasks. And then whenever she gets back to me, I get that alert. I see that task. There was no, they did have to jump on a Zoom call. They didn't have, uh, well, not really in person because of COVID and everything. But, right. Um, yeah, there's really not that much back and forth. Um, so that's been really helpful for us in cutting down that because, you know, like I was saying earlier, it was just Tyler and me. There wasn't too much to worry about. But as we grew, we just, we couldn't, that, that wasn't going to be scalable. I couldn't really go up to everyone and ask for these things. We had to figure out a way. So this has been one of the biggest time savers and efficiency boosters for us as a company. It's just that task management and then the use of like Google Drive, um, the asset management system. Uh, we use one called Pix.io, that kind of stuff. It's just been a total game changer.
1: That's awesome. So how did viral marketing uh, take you to where you wanted to go?
2: Yeah, so we've been um, mostly focusing on what we knew worked and what we were good at. Um, Until we get more uh, resources, more people, you know, we're kind of, we're still a small team, so we can't do too much. We're, uh, we honestly already have like our hands pretty full, Uh, but there there have been some things that we've been experimenting with. So uh, we set up like our affiliate program, um, that's been pretty good. We just, uh, its pretty much automated. We have a pop up afterwards, like you want to sign up for our affiliate program. We have rewards programs, So they get points every time they purchase something. So that builds up and then they have to spend more in order to redeem them. What I would say, one of the, uh, most beneficial things that we've done is we created a Facebook group for our couples oh. and in order for them to join, they have to be active. So whenever we get a request, we do check that they are an like active subscriber. Um, That has helped us out with not only selling to them, but also it helps us with like, if we need feedback on something um, or like a theme or something, we will ask them and they're very happy to give us feedback because they're interacting directly with us, you know, they will happily give us their their input and feedback, which we use to help acquire new customers so that's been one of the biggest benefits that we've done we're also getting more into the affiliate program uh, affiliate side not affiliate, um, influencer i mean mm. we're
0: getting
2: more into the uh, influencer side of things we've also been uh collaborating with other companies so we have uh this is one company organization i should call it that we've been working with where they will buy box and bulk and give it to their couples uh, there are some marriage therapists that will buy boxes from us in bulk and they'll give it to their clients as a way to help them restore their relationship. And they're, they've been successful. They keep reordering from us. So we're going to keep growing that side. And then now we are going to start, uh, we actually are looking into this year making like uh, like a hero video, where like the like actors and world uh, creation, I believe it's called that kind of stuff. So we're looking into that because we know we know our cost per acquisition is, is working now with our like I want to call them like homemade videos. We know that can be even even cheaper. We know we can uh, scale it a lot more if we get a video where it's like purple or that one uh, pancakes one that. Uh, you
1: know, Kodiak cakes.
2: In. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be our next step. Is getting uh one of our biggest ways of acquisition right now is Facebook and like general social media so we can get that really good video. We feel that's gonna be like the next step for us where we're gonna be able to spend, you know, three, $4,000 a day on Facebook and it'll give us a positive return. So that's our next step.
1: That'd be incredible. Okay, so what is the biggest challenge in your field that you've had to overcome to date?
2: Just us specifically as a company was yeah. just being able to manage uh, cash flow mm. because, you know, we're, even though we're growing and we're growing at a really good pace, we still not until not too long ago, it was just, you know, it was just a few of us, not too much money. We you know we're not we not funded, we didn't have a huge like line of credit or whatever. So we had to make sure that we were profitable every month. We one of our biggest struggles was we had to make it so our advertising was profitable within a subscriber's first month. So while a uh-huh. subscription service would be able to wait out the whole lifetime value, you know, like let's say. On average, our subscribers are giving us thirty-five dollars per month, right? And they stay for five months. Then you know we should be able to wait out like one hundred and what is it? One hundred and seventy-five, one hundred and sixty-five dollars. Our struggle was that we had to make it so that they were profitable within that first month. So basically, our cost per acquisition had to be below like twenty dollars mm. because we couldn't really afford to wait out two or three months for that positive return especially because we had to basically prepay for the next month in terms of inventory before we shipped it out. And then as more and more of our revenue came from one-time purchases rather than subscriptions, that just reinforced that, whole oh, like that we have to pay for all the inventory now before we ship it out, like, for like, like at least a month in advance because of the turnaround time and manufacturing and everything. So we had to pay for basically a month and a half Of inventory ahead, Mm. so uh, you know if we were getting a conversion uh, cost per acquisition of thirty dollars, even though yeah that was profitable, we have to make sure that was lower, which was like it was a struggle because we were basically purposely slowing down our growth because we couldn't really afford to grow that fast. So that was one of the biggest challenges that we were facing. Now you know. Over time, as we've grown, and we've been able to manage money better and we've been more profitable. We've been able to, now we can probably wait up like two or three months or so, but that was, was the biggest problem. Like now that we're here, yeah, it's easy, but, well, not easy, but easier. But yeah, getting to this point was the hard part. Like we had to keep acquisition costs down and it was hard because our competitors had money. Uh, one of our competitors was pretty heavily funded. Uh, it's on, I forgot which, uh, crunch space or something where like, they publicly put that info, they received like 3 million in revenue, uh, not revenue, they received like 3 million in funding. So they could spend three or four months to get that return back, whereas we really couldn't. They were, they were uh, aggressively going for that conversion where to the point where their affiliates, their influencers, they would offer their first month for 50% off, plus they would pay the, the influencer or their affiliate partner they would also pay them 20 dollars in affiliate pay wow so they, were, they were not making any money on their first month because their month-to-month price is 40 uh we couldn't be that aggressive like we really couldn't be so we had to keep up with them somehow we've been able to figure it out we've been it's been a struggle but we are getting to the point where we are we're catching up to them so we're pretty proud about that
1: that's awesome congrats man out of everything that you do at your company what is it that you like doing the best?
2: What I like the best is the user acquisition. Okay. Just because like I, I like money, <laughs> so I, I like revenue. I like seeing those numbers get up there. So I'm pretty much in charge of like the advertising or whether that's on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, Google. Also, uh, up until recently, I was in charge of the affiliate program and, and like the uh, B2B, like forming those partnerships with uh, psychologists and the organizations reducing the acquisition cost so like optimization of our website every single there's not a single day where we're not running an ap test on google optimize all of that kind of stuff that's what i enjoy is just getting as many people as possible for as little money as possible. That's just what I've always been into. That's what I started off with when I first met with Tyler. That's what I started off with. I was running the Google and the Facebook ads. That's still what I like doing the most now.
1: Sounds like it's a, it's almost like a competition thing for you, or like a, it's almost like a game with yourself type situation.
2: I'm very competitive. <laughs> uh, that is something that I would say is one of my biggest strengths, but also one of my biggest weaknesses mm. because. I, I'm very competitive to the point where I I will start without realizing it, I'll start competing with people internally. Oh no. So, like I that took me a little bit. Like I, I I've gotten better at it, but like I really I'm always going for the top. So like I wanna be number one on Google search results. I wanna be number one in our industry. I always want to be number one. In that like uh like I mentioned earlier, like uh, I was too caught up with the like uh silicon valley the, the unicorn news stories i wanted to be like that and mm-hmm. with me being so competitive that took a while to like, kind of accept that like that's not normal that's not doesn't that's norm that's not what we're going to be able to do we have to live with the fact that like you know maybe if we only get 100 year over year growth. you know to me that was that was a little bit because you always hear these like they're growing 500 percent freaking month over month or something yeah, I'm, I'm very competitive. That, that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is like, I want to see that we're doing better than our competitors. And one of the easiest ways to see that is, you know, acquisition, revenue, that kind of stuff. So that's my thing.
1: Okay, so who is the ideal client for you guys?
2: So for us, if I, uh, I'm gonna just give you like our customer persona. Uh, we call her Jennifer, funny enough, that's our most popular customer's name. So. <laughs> jennifer she is around like 29 she has two kids they're both young uh like uh, they're like five and seven her and her husband both work full-time plus they have the kids so they're very busy jennifer is caught up with you know keeping the house clean plus a full-time job plus you know school activities dropping kids off picking them up uh going to conferences all that kind of stuff husband also very busy goes to work uh takes care of all like the the chores all the just the typical family things that just everyday things that happen um so at the end of the day they're both super tired they get in bed nothing to do they're just like i'm exhausted what do they do Turn on the tv right mm. same thing like tyler and michelle back then so that would be our ideal client. They're just super busy. They have a little bit of time at the end of the day, but they just go to bed and they just watch something because they're so tired. They can't plan something out. They can't really they can't really leave the house because you know, can't really get a nanny in the nighttime. Mm. Um, so that would be our ideal client. Uh, we've actually, with that Facebook group that we've gotten a lot of insights from, we actually do have a lot, a lot of people that say these are perfect. We do them before we go to bed in our pajamas. So. That's a lot more coming than we expected. We, we kind of knew that, like, we were aiming for that, like, you can do it in bed thing. But then it turns out, like, a lot of people actually are doing it in bed. So nice. that's what we would go for. Like, uh, late 20s, early 30s, super busy, both with full-time jobs and with two kids.
1: And uh, where can people go to find out more about you guys?
2: We have our website. It's created with love.com. So it's C-R-A-T-E with love.com. We get a lot of people that, so Crafted with Love, <laughs> just like a bunch of different funny variations. The worst one that we've gotten is uh, Catered with Love. Ah. <laughs> no idea. We don't, we don't, we don't sell it. But uh, yeah, we sell everything. Our subscription, our one-time boxes. We are actually expanding to our Big Night card games. Okay. So uh, we have new products coming out. Uh, we have one new card game. We haven't posted yet. We can't give any info yet, but we're super excited about it. We feel it's going to be super popular. It's based off of one of our most popular things ever. So we got everything is on our website createdwithmode.com and yeah, you can subscribe. You can get a one-time box. You can get card games. We have deals where you can combine them.
1: All right, Christian, thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely wonderful. I always uh, love getting to know more about my students and for all of you uh, at home, please like, and share this with your friends and uh, subscribe as well. Hopefully you've gotten just another little nugget for your business that you can apply. Um, but yeah we'll see you next week
0: want to learn the tricks of our trade we have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon brothers university this isn't surface level stuff here this is our entire playbook all our secrets laid out in full the same training we give our own employees You'll find courses on ad buying writing video scripts to sell your product or service creating the kind of large production ads we're known for even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harman Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, And most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10X the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to harmanbrothersuniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.